Hello, this is Patrick, and it's time for Real Herbalism Radio. Real herbs, real life, real easy. Brought to you by thepracticalherbalist.com and sponsored by Mountain Rose Herbs, your source for high-quality, organic, bulk herbs, gourmet spices, loose-leaf teas, essential oils, herbal extracts, and natural body care ingredients. Visit them at mountainroseherbs.com. Hi, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, I'd like to give a big shout out to uh, Mountain Rose Herbs for uh, renewing their sponsorship with us. We're really great to have, it's really been great to have them on board and look forward to another six months uh, uh, of promoting them. So time for the show. We herbalists often get caught up in looking down at the bounty of medicinal plants at our feet. So much so we forget to look up. When we stop to look up, our tree friends are right there ready to share their medicine. Today, we'll be talking about herbal tree medicines you'll find at home, in your backyard, and everywhere else. Now, here are your hosts, Candace Hunter and Sue Sierra Lupe. I'm Candace Hunter. And I'm Sue Sierra Lupe. And, and welcome, welcome to Real Herbalism Radio. So as we're sitting here at the table, it occurs to me that tree medicine is not very far away. No. You've got not. an amazing little latte over there, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I've got some wonderful tea. And it's made of trees? And it's made of trees. What madness is this? Crazy, right? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So why would you say it's made of trees? <laughs> because the says. tea leaves come from tree, mm-hmm. especially if you get the wild crafted tree mountain grown um, teas. Those are usually, you know, wild, wild grown trees. The, uh-huh. the teas, the tea shrubbery has become a tree, which is really its native form. The yeah. shrubbery is how we trim them. And there's a mushy definition with the shrubs in the trees. Right. Sometimes a uh, for instance, with the elder, mm-hmm. you, they can grow just They can grow to be so, 60 feet. Yeah, they can, yeah, they can grow tree. really tall. Right. And sometimes it's a shrub or a small yeah. tree, and sometimes their version of a small tree is, uh, yeah, I don't know. know. Yeah. <laughs> I guess if you're a very tall person, <laughs> yeah, So, yeah, but, so yeah, yeah, but coffee. coffee also comes from a tree that is, you know, again, it's a shrubby sized tree, but mm-hmm. naturally I believe it grows to be a full grown, yeah. you know, 30 yeah, foot tree. Cultivated down so it's easy to pick. Yeah. Correct. So there, and cocoa, which is my, you know, favorite when I'm not drinking tea is a bona fide tree. That's not even a shrubby one. Yeah. That one's just, you know, a nice big tree. Yeah. And these are all tropical ones we're talking about. There's mm-hmm. things that we use for seasoning in these things like cinnamon and nutmeg and mace and things like that, that are also from trees and they're also really great medicine yes. that we forget to think about it because we don't, you're not always using it as the medicine. That's right. Like coffee, for instance, it is a stimulant. Mm-hmm. And for many of us, it'll cause our nervous system to really wire up. Right. But there is a percentage of our population that is calmed by coffee. There is. And that's, you know, important medicine for those people. Yeah. And wiring up is really good for people with bronchial issues, mm-hmm. allergies, or they're just they they have a sluggish nervous system and they need to get a little bit of a charge. Yes, and actually tea, especially black tea, is another one that's really good medicine after you've gotten down over a cold. Right, you and know, that green you've tea. You've done right. that. Well, yeah, dry, it helps to dry out your system. Yeah, for sure. 
the dental yeah. version I keep saying, DAP, there is fluoride, bioavailable fluoride in tea. Yes. It's good to strengthen your teeth. Exactly. And it's yeah. in the right proportion. It's not excessive, but it's not too small to right. be of use either. So. You definitely can overdo it, but, <clears throat> but it'd be sakes, hard. Human beings are so good at overdoing things. So, <laughs> so we'll leave that option open to people that love overdoing things. But so what those, about the trees in our neighborhood? Yeah, I was going to say, those are great trees that you can buy their stuff, but most of us don't have access to the tree itself. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. We're not you, living yeah. in the paradise. And we don't have a cinnamon tree down the, the road. That oh, no. Wouldn't that be great? <laughs> that would be great. Oh. Patrick, you've got a favorite tree for men's health. Oh, well, the, it's the pine. It's the scotch pine more specifically, uh, especially for the pine pollen, which is great for increasing men's um, uh, testosterone, testosterone levels. And yeah. how are you using that? To uh, that the pine? Um, well, you can collect it. Um, mm-hmm. I've done some research on how to collect it, but. Um, actually, it was actually easier to purchase it wholesale than it was to collect it. Because oh. you have to find the trees. You have to yeah, collect them in the, the spring. Yeah. And you, you know, there's a lot of, you have to put, you know, there's blankets that you got to put down to try to collect them. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's wind dispersed, so it's really hard to get a hold okay. of it. Yeah. You have to take the branch and beat it to try to get it. And then you have to you get it down to a certain point. And it is a bit of work. It is a bit of work. So there are some sources that we found that, that have it. And it's already encapsulated? Or no, well, bulk? the ones that we had, were we, in, they were in powdered form. Yeah, we buy the powder and make it into a tincture. Right, and we make it into a tincture. Uh, yeah. What is that like to make it? In? Is it resinous? Or? No, no, it's just it's it's very fine. And uh, you have to shake the tincture because it does precipitate out. It, it settles. Uh-huh. It never, yeah. it, it's not it like it doesn't quote. fully clear. Yeah, it's not like a tincture with rosemary where you know that it doesn't it doesn't come out. But right. with this, it's a, there's actually particles uh-huh. there, so they mm-hmm. precipitate out. So you have to shake it up again to make sure that when you do take it, uh, your couple of shots of, of yeah. drops or whatever that it's in there as well. Right. Um, that's every you have to do that all the time. Now um, that with a few other um, uh, like the ging or not ginkgos, the ginseng and a ginsengs. couple other ones help yeah. with male uh, male testosterone. The loss. middle age when men start to slow down in their middle ages, mm-hmm. you know, that's the time when they want to start taking this. Don't take it. Don't give this to your adolescent no, boys. This is not something you that would be this bad. Is, this is strictly for uh, <laughs> yeah. in your midlife. It yeah. helps you to. Um, I'd say it doesn't. It doesn't make more, but mm-hmm. what it does do is it helps you to prevent Access what you have. Yeah, and to prevent loss from environmental um, impacts like mm. the meat that you might be eating, mm-hmm. uh, the beer that you might be drinking. Yeah, and the other things yeah. that, that you do to your body because we have so many. Um, uh, estri- uh, estrogens, female hormones that are in the system, right? Uh, in our water, exactly. in our water. So this is a yeah. this is a way to help prevent help. That loss, mitigate it, mitigate mm-hmm. it essentially. Yeah. But you have to take it four times a day. It's pretty, you know, you have to. It's kind it. of intensive. It's intensive. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. but um, but I imagine with the pollen, all the proteins and some of the other mm-hmm. things that are in there, I imagine it's full of antioxidants. It is a yes. generally, yeah, it's yeah, a really it generally healthful concoction, and as it were. Allergies, <laughs> right? Sure. Yeah. And yeah. it would be worth it for many different reasons. Yeah. Right, and I don't know if um, other pine pollens are as, as effective. I just know that the scotch pine is the one that's got the highest the research behind yeah, it. Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but you guys were, before our meeting, we were also talking about uh, some needles and other things that I, I never thought about using. Like dug fur like pine and needles pine needles. As, yeah. as, as an You've done those, right, Sue? Oh, yes. Yeah, definitely. And it was one of the first native trees that were used uh, to fight scurvy was you'd get the pine needles because they're so high in vitamin C and it's so available all over the place. You don't need to have orange or lemon trees around for that. I never thought of that. I mean, you always think of like the the pirates and stuff and the sailors of yore and 
you know, they have to have their lemons and limes. Right? Geez, you know, pine needles. Pine needles. Or, <laughs> pine needles yeah. That store is a little easier. Yeah, yeah. it's not going to mold. Easier so. to find too. You can stop off on any shore and oh, did they shore, that at least then? any I mean, of the northern Well, they, shores. that was information they got from the native peoples here, the indigenous oh, yeah. okay. folk that lived here. Yeah, I've read that Doug fir was used that way. Mm-hmm. It's Doug also a good warming. And- Warming, isn't yeah. it? And oh my goodness, pine makes a splendid oil. If you yeah. want to have a good warming yeah. oil that's really good for rheumatism How or things like that, just take the needles, kind of crush them a bit, put them in olive or almond oil or something like that, and then just make it like you would any other oil. You don't really mm-hmm. have to, to stir it up that much. In that particular case, because pine is, is really good at keeping its um, resin to itself, then I would go ahead and heat it. Mm-hmm. I know that's not necessarily the favorite way for some people, but I would put it really, really low, low heat. Would you macerate the pine needles yes. and chop them up? Yeah, I'd chop them up or just rub them real good because you're trying to just break mm-hmm. those cell structures and the heat will break it up a little right. bit too. Right. But the dug fir or the pine or yeah. those conifer larch yeah. is larch another really another great one, yeah. example. And you can even taste it, that ascorbic acid, just by taking the end of the pine needle and then sticking it on your tongue, the part that attaches to the tree itself. And you can taste it. It's that sparkly mm-hmm. ascorbic acid taste. It's lovely. And and of course, vitamin C is really great for healing wounds. And mm-hmm. so a vitamin C rich tea bath or a foot bath, if you've got oh, problems with nice. yeah. people with diabetes problems, they, they need a lot mm-hmm. of those antioxidants for healing diabetic mm-hmm. ulcers or things yeah. like that. We always recommend for in the clinic, our people with ulcerations, please up your vitamin C and we'll send them yeah. with you know, the capsules, but it's best to have it as a food, you know. Yeah, say, I imagine stuff. apple so and here's pear. Your <laughs> here's, your, here's your branch. <laughs> you here's a stick. Yeah. <laughs> Enjoy. <laughs> yeah. So then that one's all over the place and it's so... So prolific and so neglected. Pine yeah. nuts, you know, we enjoy pine nuts. And mm-hmm. if you can beat back the squirrels for the yeah. – <laughs> you know, when they're ready. No, those come out of the pine cone? Yeah. Uh-huh. Right. So yeah. Is, that, is that when they when they it's drop, it's too late, types. right? Yeah. And yeah, not true. every pine has it. Yeah. For the nice, nice looking ones. But uh, pardon me, every pine does have some kind of pine nut in it. Yeah. It's just a matter – you know, when you open up one of those older pine cones – and you can see this kind of little pockety thing where yeah. the what's that called the pockety thing pockety thing <laughs> in the, the pine cone. You like take off what looks like a a petal or something. Yeah. Then the very end of it is yeah. the scoop, and that's where the pine nut was before that squirrel came and robbed it. So when you're, <laughs> if you were going to harvest pine nuts, is there a specific tree that you know we would have that? Because I always think of pine nuts being very Mediterranean. There is you know, a specific variety local. that's like known because they're largest. Or the, something like that. Yeah, I think it's the pinion pines. Yeah. yeah, but I know that there's a variety of different ones yeah. that are that, that are used right them. around here that people enjoy. I think people have taken the ponderosa and pine ones as well. They're very very small. So, but so the only question that I guess I would have is I'm thinking about someone else's. So when would you harvest for? When would you look to find pine nuts? Just, what just at, yeah, they're not green anymore, but they're still on the tree. The, so it's probably going to be, they're, they're semi closed. Yeah. It's so it's still, mostly like August it's not dried for, out. Yeah. I'm guessing August time frame for most of the, depending United on States. the elevation. Yeah. yeah. So okay, yeah, yeah, I'd love to have one answer for you. But. No, but it, at least it's a general idea. Sure. Of, yeah. You, know, you don't just pick them up off the ground, chances are they're not going to have a pine. Yeah. Out. And it also is going to depend on the amount of rainfall you had that year. Yeah. That's right. 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 
So, yeah. So there's another one that I use at the clinic a lot, and that's birch. Oh, yes. That one's excellent for foot soaks and that sort of definitely. thing, right? Yeah, definitely. I mean, birch is a, a highly uh, neglected medicinal plant, and it grows uh, all over around here as well, particularly mm-hmm. towards the coast. So, the you know, you see that papery, beautiful white uh, bark on it. It's very distinctive. It lets mm-hmm. you know. And then it's, it's lovely little kind of heart-shaped leaves. We use... Um, the the leaf and then um, the the blossom, as it were, mm-hmm. we'll dry those and it kind of poofs out once it's dry. And we use uh, the we have used the bark of the branch because we'll go by after the wind has torn out those branches yeah. and then we harvest those that are already damaged. And right. then you kind yeah. of shave off some of the bark for that. And it works really good for, again, healing. It's very antiseptic. Yeah. So it's really good for healing, uh, open wounds, and it's very gentle. It makes a, if you want to, again, take it and turn it into an oil to turn into a salve, a birch salve is a very effective, uh, and a, another high nutritional. So that mm-hmm. would be good. Internally, it's a little astringent. Yeah. Some people have a hard time with astringent herbs internally, but. Um, if you turn it external, into a beer, though, it's not that birch harsh. beer. Yeah, birch yeah. beer, which is actually a medicinal spring tonic. Yeah, to help improve energy yes. and bring on fertility. Yeah, for men and women. Yes, <laughs> so, and that one's safe for everybody. We've been talking a lot about antioxidants, and we would be remiss if we did not mention the rose family, which is a hawthorn, um, mm-hmm. as well as apple and pear. The hawthorn we use in the clinic all the time, and that's really great as a heart tonic. So for people that have low blood pressure, then it raises mm-hmm. it to a normalized level. And people that have high blood pressure, it lowers it to a so normalized that's apt- level. Gen- that's called yeah. aptogenetic? Yeah. So I was just going to ask if you could Adaptogen. remember that. Adaptogen- uh-huh. Adaptogenetic. Yep. Thank it's you. such a beautiful word. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember that from Scrabble. There you go. Oh, yeah. That would, man, if you had the letters for that, that'd be great. Um, right, something like that. Well, and not only that, but um, – I know when Candace has harvested uh, Hawthorne at our local park, people have come up to her and said, what are you doing? Uh-huh. Because, yeah. you know, we've it's a weed been, tree. Yeah. What's that? Yeah, it's, it's a weed tree. Yeah, it does right, totally. look. You really, can't kill it. It looks you know, really weedy. Yeah. Uh-huh. And, and, sure. and we're, as we've been taught by, you know, whatever, oh, never pick a berry off a tree. Uh-huh. So It'll people, oh yeah, people always Nature's dangerous. Berries. So Candace would be picking these and <laughs> yeah. the ladies would come up and what are you doing? And Candace was like, start giving them a herbal 101 lesson on There Hawthorne. you go. And yeah. my favorite, one of my <laughs> favorite all-time favorite preserves uh, or jellies. Mm-hmm. The is, rose hip jelly. No, it was a Hawthorne, Hawthorne hip jelly. Hawthorne, yeah. hip, Hawthorne jelly with um, chili pepper in it. Nice. It's That's so a good. nice balancer because chili so pepper helps get your circulation moving mm-hmm. and it helps repair digestive issues. Mm. And then Hawthorne's right there to boost your heart and, and help circulation. It, you get your general. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Awesome. So, yeah. It's so a beautiful very, little. Very good. Like it doesn't even taste like medicine. It's like taking your coffee or your tea, you know. Yeah. A little bit of Hawthorne jelly. And people <laughs> always ask. Ask, when is the good time to harvest those um, hawthorn berries? Yeah, the hawthorns. after the frost is what I generally say. Right. Yeah, and same thing with rose hips. Right. right. Same thing with yep. rose hips because you you want to take that really astringent quality, mm-hmm. change it with the temperature, and it turns more into the pectin. Yes, and it's a lot. And my goodness, it'll be so much easier to process yes. rather yeah. than that hard little rock. Those of us who live in the Pacific Northwest, mm-hmm. we often don't get a frost until really late. Yeah, there are some varieties of hawthorn that I've found locally where you can, when you take the berry or take the haw, the red berry, mm-hmm. and you squish it, it starts to get really soft. And if you taste it, it gets that 
it's not sweet, but there's no astringency to right. it either. Yeah. That's when it's time to harvest them. So yes. those local ones that don't Depending wait on variety for variety. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, it's, higher elevations, northern areas of our country, they're going to have their frost already. It's time right. to just go out. If you look on our website, we yeah. have an encyclopedia page about Hawthorne. Yeah. And it'll tell you, you know, say Critagus species. There's tons and tons of different species of, of Critagus, yeah. the Hawthorne. And yeah, like, yeah. like you were saying, Candace, they will, they will vary a little bit. So get to know your Hawthorne. Yes, And exactly. it's very distinctive with those thorns. Identification is super important. So yeah, and then Apple, we have that on our site too. There's a oh, yeah. page about that. And yep. that's a my favorite way. The introduction is kid with a split lip. You take yeah. a <laughs> slice of apple and you put it on their split lip and then that just the, the pectin, swelling and stuff goes down uh-huh, and and, the, and it'll stop the bleeding and then seal it right back up. Mm-hmm. And the kid don't want to have a band you're not gonna put a band-aid on their lip. No. No, that that's doesn't not work. Happen, but a nice cold apple slice. Yeah. They don't have any it's problem soothing. with that. And if it's they soothing. really want to eat the bloody apple slice, have at it. It's your blood. I would eat it. <laughs> what the heck? I, I, would, lose I wish any I would have known man. that when I was a kid. Yeah. I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, how many times I've gotten into scrapes with friends or you know, brother. And, right. You know, yeah, have brother. Have be a problem. Brother. And, yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, I wish I would have known that Very one. simple. And the little, little kids, they'll comply easily. Yeah. So that's oh yeah, yeah. So another favorite that I've got that's good for pain relief would be willow. Willow. Look at it. Like how can you not know? How can you not say willow? Willow Not that you don't know, but you. Yeah. And it's so and easy I to harvest. That. It just hangs right out. Here you go. Yeah. So what yes. are you harvesting from that? The leaves? Is it the leaves? The the uh, branches, the bark is what you really want. So, you can use the leaves too. It's so when you say lighter. bark though, are you talking are you talking about the willows I'm thinking of, you know, they drape down, there's mm-hmm. the, those that fresh growth. Yeah. That's a it's a greener um yeah, bark than it is the a, inner bark. Yeah, is what you want. But you just shave it right off. It don't matter if there's inner bark and outer bark out there. Right. Mm-hmm. And willow is nice because you can crop it back. It's like the Australian tea tree. No matter how much you chop it back, it just comes right back up. Mm-hmm. It's a really amazingly um It's forgiving. Yeah, it's forgiving and it's it's so full of life. I mean, it's just, it's bursting with it. So it's constantly regrowing itself. Yeah. So you can chop it back and it'll still replenish yeah. itself. And it's nice because the pieces that you want are the pieces you want to prune anyway. Yeah. Right. That makes and, it easy. And, that, and that would be the natural um, acetaminophen, the natural. It, it, yeah. The an- analgesic properties. Right. Yeah. That. But doesn't it's have. Not acetaminophen, but aspirin. It's aspirin, the one that aspirin right? Yeah. And you won't. In, because it's taken that way, it won't have the stomach upset because it's not right. pure, right? It's not and if you mm-hmm. are someone who's particularly sensitive to aspirin and are likely to get an upset stomach, you can add a little bit of Meadowsweet to the willow bark tea that you're making. Which will also make it taste very it nice. It does. Yeah. It's a lovely scent and the flavor is good. It yep. helps it. But it also helps buffer your stomach. Meadowsweet has right. more of the stomach's protecting properties right. than willow Yeah, does. people that get upset stomach from drinking tea mm-hmm. too, that then you know, like a regular black tea, they, that's a good indicator that some of right. these more stringent herbs, those are good to have with a buffer, uh, licorice or fennel yeah. would be another good option good to ones, add yeah. with that. Or the rose hips, it makes a natural sweetener mm-hmm. and also kind of the pectin helps soothe the stomach. So you right. can uh, make use of those properties. Throw a slice of apple in there. Well, if you- Throw a slice, yeah, exactly. <laughs> dried apple is great. You know, with dried apple still has the same amount of pectin in it, right? 
Yeah. And it doesn't lose its pectin from drying. No, so you could really easily add a few slices of dried apple to your tea. Mm-hmm. I've done that with strawberries. Yep. It's so good. But the other one that, I mean, with as far as like, you know, bark and such and local for us would be cherry. Mm, yeah. Yep. Wild cherry. Yeah. yeah. For a cough syrup. Right. And we Most use that noted as a cough every syrup. year for cough syrup. Ken's will make a bunch of it, you know, in, in extract form. So when someone of us gets sick, she goes to the freezer and she pulls it out. And we use a it. combination. Yeah. I pick the cherries right. and create juice and then freeze that for us. Mm-hmm. And then, so I'll use like a cup of the juice as the base for my syrup extraction or my, and then I'll add the bark to that. Right and boil it. That's a good thing. until it's because you know, the ready, rose or the rose fam- or the sorry the prunus family uh, is not as tasty for the bark. Right. Yeah, the bark is not the best flavor. Yeah. I uh, will sometimes I've done tinctured the bark and then added it as tincture to right. whatever I'm making. So I'll start with the cherry juice and throw in the other things I need. Usually things like yarrow or elecampane root or yeah. Maybe time. It For depends. people that have Sage. gout, I imagine that the wild cherry syrup with the the bark as well would mm-hmm. be really great. Yeah, you know, mostly it's wild cherry juice that people are drinking. Cherry juice in general, right. but adding that bark would be an extra layer to really help get that stuff. The yeah. uric acid coming out. Yeah, and I like making the juice at home myself. That way, I know what's like going in. Yeah, we have Plus a couple kind of fun. more on our list that we should mention. Um, the walnut, uh, that's normally people are talking about the outer shell, uh, the gooey part. And that can be English walnut or black walnut. Correct. So black walnut so is that's most the part noted. you're going to use, not the nut? You can use the nut for other things, but mostly when we're talking walnut, um, it's when it's green mm-hmm. and before – like they'll the walnut will drop all of those nuts, right? But they don't drop them as nuts. They drop them with that right, green the stuff on the, yeah, the yeah, hole on the outside. Looks like a tennis ball. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And so that's the part that, and it's a pain in the neck to try to to try to shave it off. It's really hard. And oh it yeah, because it's vile, green. and you have green. to wear gloves. Yeah, or your you're fingers will be black green. for a, at least a week. Right. Yeah. It stains horribly. Great for people that want to die. Yeah, for dying, dying you don't D-Y, have to. D-Y-E. Not, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for natural herbal that. dying. Natural herbal dying, yes. You don't need to use the green ones. You can use the, the when the nuts have dropped, that's uh-huh. when you, you can get those hulls. Right. And you can use the hulls or you can just grab the whole entire thing and use it. It doesn't take that much to make a really strong um, walnut dye. Mm-hmm. You can also use the leaves and the the bark and uh, from the tree and branches and stuff if you want. But, right. But the, those the holes will be the best. Yeah, and it's a great antifungal, anti-parasitic. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the ironic part of that is once the walnut has been sitting there for a while, it'll, that hole will get all wormy. You'll yeah. see all these little wormy things in there. So when someone says, oh, it's anti-parasitic, it's like, oh, really? Look at that. It's not working now. Yeah. Well, let's <laughs> let go of that. Yeah, the, that stuff leached away. That with, leached you away. You know, and, the months of rains that have happened since then. <laughs> yeah, and the mama walnut tree gave the little baby walnuts that coating in there so that it, the bugs would not infest the nut so it could grow into a tree. Right. Isn't that a nice, loving mama? Yeah. And then when it's gone, then it's okay for the, the worms to kind of eat away at that gooey right. part so that the, the nut is yeah. free to, to just grow into a nice little tree. Yeah. Yeah, and of course, walnut nuts are good food. Yes. Good herbal medicine in terms of 
giving you what was the name of those fatty acids that the are good omega, for your omega. brain? Omega. Yeah, omegas, omegas mm-hmm. that are good That's for your true. for brain development. Yep. We, there's so many trees we haven't even begun to talk about the ginkgo, which is really great for your uh, brain, helping with memory. And um, we haven't talked about linden, which is another fabulous, just general tonic kind of tree. That's all over the place. Yeah, I was going to say elder. elder. I mean, we elder oh, which, I know. And we have a book about we elder. We have an e-book about it, elder. Um, so we have too many trees on our list. Peach no. is another one. Peach, yeah, people had a death in the family. Bring a grief. jar of peach leaf tree, peach tea. leaf tea, and yeah. it would help them feel better to deal with grief. Yep, and oak is another mm-hmm. one that we haven't discussed at all. And oak is one of those that should only be the that's white an oak. External, right? Yeah, wait till a, br- a branch has dropped due to the wind. And that's white oak. You said the white yeah. oak. Yeah, white oak. Mm-hmm. And you're going to be using the bark on that. Yeah. Oh, okay. mm-hmm. Is white oak the one that they use in woodworking primarily? Is that the It's, it's not well, it's not slow it, it's not yeah, I mean it's a it's a it's a valued hardwood. It was So when you go to the store to your lumber yard and you want to get oak. No, typically you're gonna see red oak. Okay. That's more common. Mm. Okay. White oak and white oak is probably twice as much, three times as much. So that would be your specially hardwood yes. store. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. It grows really slow and it we have a place here at Mount Pisgah that it's got a preserved prairie for it. Yeah. In fact, we will be doing a walk at Mount Pisgah very right. soon yeah. and we'll get to look at that tree as well as others, right? Yes. Yes, definitely. It's a beautiful, beautiful tree to look at and enjoy and be responsible if you're harvesting. Again, wait till a, a branch has fallen and you don't need that much. That's the other thing is that I think people over harvest when right. they go into yeah. harvest you stuff. They harvest way too much hawthorn and harvest way too much oak and Right. How much are you going to use? For right. goodness sakes, just, you know, if a small branch falls down, there you go. That's probably all you're going to need for the year. Right. You no, know, so yeah. that let that tree heal and do what it needs to do to be healthy, and then you can enjoy it for years to come. Right. So those of you who are close by to Mount Pisgah area, we're going to be having a walk coming up. So we want to make sure you guys get in on that. And for those of you who are. Well, let's just say Eugene Springfield, because if you're in Salem or if you're in Medford, if you're even in Portland, you can make the drive. You, you sure can. Yeah. No. And for those of you who are much further and don't want to spend, what, eight to 10 hours driving here just for a short tree walk of a couple hours, you might want to check out the videos that we've got. Well, we're going to be trying to do yeah. a couple of videos. They're not up yet, yeah. but we're going to try to take some video of the, of the tree walk. Look yeah. for those yep. videos. Yep. So for more information, links, and resources we mentioned on this program, check out our show notes on realherbalismradio.com. Make sure that you sign up for our free newsletter, which includes links to recipes, how-tos, and our eBooks on the trees that we mentioned, as well as our more detailed information on topics that we discussed on this podcast as we publish them on thepracticalherbalist.com. Be sure to like us on Facebook. Follow us on Pinterest and join us in our conversations on Twitter. Now it's time for Herbalism and Homesteading News. Today we're going to be discussing a news item from BBC in the China blog by Celia Hatton. It's called Nobel Prize Winner Tu Yuyu Helped by Ancient Chinese Remedy. And this is basically... Uh, as far as I'm concerned, a watershed moment for herbal medicine, because this is a woman who has been studying sweet artemisian, um, sweet wormwood, another name Mm -hmm. for that. And she got a Nobel Prize for medicine. She doesn't have a medical degree. She doesn't have a PhD. 
She just kind of got pulled into this top secret research product product project by uh, Chairman Mao, Mm -hmm. you know, and has been working on it for a long time. The top secret unit was known as Mission 523. That sounds so spooky, doesn't it? I know. I know. It sounds like a, you know, a bad, 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 bad fiction book. Yes, (laughs) yes. But it was real. And malaria was uh, really hurting the Chinese soldiers when they were fighting Americans in North Vietnam, and they had to do something in order to stop it. So uh, they asked a team to get together to try to find something for malaria. And at the time, it was quinine that people were using, but that, of course, had to be imported. So they had to find something that could treat malaria successfully. And they looked through, I think that down here, it says there was over... 240,000 compounds around the world that had already been tested without success to treat malaria. And this woman uh, ran into a text from 400 AD talking about... Here's right where I got to stop you. What? This is one of the amazing parts of Chinese medicine. Real people who wanted to have modern medicine consulted the ancient texts Mm -hmm. and they found what they needed Mm -hmm. and they adapted it to our age. That's right. It's so unlike the way we approach medicine in our country. And Mm -hmm. I love this part of Chinese medicine. Yeah. The fact that the ancient texts are valid, real and important sources of information to them. Mm -hmm. There's no scoffing saying, oh, uh, just because some guy did it 9,000 years ago doesn't mean we should try it. Right. Instead, it's like, oh, this worked, you know, 400,000, 400 AD, this worked. So let's give it a try now. Mm -hmm. Let's see if it's really changed that much. Yeah. It is a different view of time rather than that was then, this is now. It's more of a continuum. Mm -hmm. So a recognition of ancestors as well. Yes. And that has been helping continue the Chinese traditional Chinese medicine and their they had very little break in honoring that type of medicine. So the irony irony here is actually that um the one of the breaks that they did have in honoring Chinese oh. medicine, traditional Chinese medicine was from Chairman Mao. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> the yeah, irony. I know. He's probably turning over in his grave right now. Oh, I'm sure he is many times for different other things. But what she did is she continued working on this project for a very long time. And it was like fifty years. Yes. Yeah. This has been her this has been her life working on this medicine and it saved millions of lives. And finally the um, Nobel laureate uh, got together and they decided, well, th- you can't ignore this. I mean, okay, this is herbalism and I know that's supposed to be hooey, but all of these people have been saved and even Westerners are recognizing it too. So that must mean it's valid. And we have all of these scientific texts and all of this uh, uh, research showing that it actually does work. I guess uh, we'll recognize it. And they <laughs> give her this, the, I would say the ultimate in um, Western recognition mm-hmm. for uh, science, and it was in medicine, and yeah, I, I'm I think it's a watershed moment. Quite and honestly. I and I see it from a different angle. I don't see her as being an herbalist at all. I see her studying pharmacology. I see her taking a look at these texts for um, health purposes, and then extracting you know the the active ingredient out in a lab situation. I just don't see her as being the herbalist that you see her as. Mm. Reading the same article, so right, you know that's the take I get from. It. And she was you know, uh, part of the crew, the mission 523 to, to do this. And, you know, they were in a heavy lab. I mean, it's really no different than, 
you know, a, a major pharmaceutical company now doing the same thing. And we, and we here sometimes sit around the table and say, well, that's not herbalism. So, well, I, I, and I don't make those distinctions, though, that you guys make. I, I see herbalism as being far more fluid. You know, plants affect our lives in so many different ways. And just to say, well, it's in a sterile environment, therefore it can't be, I think, limits the application no, no. of the plant. No, I'm not, saying, I'm not saying sterile environment. I'm saying many times in our conversations, and you've said it too, is that what makes plant medicine so, um, so healthy is that it's not just that active ingredient that might be in that plant, that constituent, mm-hmm. but it's the other constituents around it that make it a more balanced mm. medicine. Okay. And so that's what I was thinking, my take on it as well. They've taken wormwood, this mm-hmm. sweet wormwood, which had other properties as well. And it was used, you know, at 400 AD mm-hmm. for this purpose. But then they said, well, we got to synthesize. We got to break it down to the, to the thing. We're not synthesize, but to extrapolate. To a molecule. Yeah, to right. a molecule, to the thing. And then they, then they you know, and distilled they, it out. And then now they have this, the purest form of it. Right. But there's no buffers. There's no of the other things that, that Wormwood Plant offered to it. They just have two yeah. of the constituents. They talk about artemisian in there specifically, but there are actually two constituents in there that they put into the medication that they're using to treat malaria. And even if, even if we had that, 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 prop, that principle in the United States, the FDA would approve Oregon grape because what we know is that there's two constituents that work in Oregon grape in order to be an antibiotic. Mm-hmm. But the FDA says it's one or nothing. Yeah, and, that, and that's a different right. you know, government rule for sure. Right? Yeah, yeah. We, we like to break it down into molecules. I mean, at the beginning of her career, it sounds like she was an herbalist. At the end of her career, if what she's making is little white pills or something similar mm-hmm. with one or two constituents from this original plant material. At this point, I'm like, well, is that really still, it's not really an herbal anymore. You know, it's yeah. actually a pharmaceutical. Yeah. It's like willow bark versus aspirin. Yeah. I was thinking the same You know, thing. it's really like what Bayer did only, you know. So I can see the merits. It's not made from willow bark anymore. Well, no, because they've found they a way to, synthesis. they've, synthesis. they've yeah. found yeah. a way to make a pretend molecule that does the same thing. Mm-hmm. And it's no longer an herbal medicine. And I don't know how far away they are from synthesizing the artemisian. Thank you, artemisian. Uh I stumble over that word every time. I don't know how far they are from the... They are from synthesizing it as opposed to getting it from the real plant. But. Right. Yeah. Right now they're getting it from the, the plant itself. Mm-hmm. And and that's a – I think that when we look at this kind of stuff, our definitions are going to have to change. Technology is changing far faster than our mm-hmm. attitudes about technology are changing. And yeah. until we figure out how to be more flexible in looking at how the world works and be more flexible in understanding, well, this science just taught us something new about the world mm-hmm. around us. Do we accept it? Do we reject it? Do we just give it a different definition? We're going to be left behind. We won't be able to use the technology that we have available to us. We won't be able to improve our lives. We won't be able to have a better view of our fellow humans or our fellow uh, fungi or our fellow plants until we figure mm-hmm. out how to, if definitions is what we do, if it's still you know an Adam and Eve thing and we're just walking around putting labels on it and that's how we understand the world, we better figure out some different words to use in order to embrace the plant world in the many different forms that are available to us. Well, I think the biggest issue, or not issue, but the biggest thing with this article was the fact that you know she didn't have the PhD. She didn't right. do those. She, they, were, they call her the three nose winner. Yeah. No medical degree, no doctorate, and she's never worked overseas. 
Yeah. She's, she's got smarts and she's got stubborn. Yeah. I mean, I, I have to say that I feel like I'm on the fence over whether or not we'd call her an herbalist, but I think that what she's done is astounding. And I hope that sweet artemisia is not, or sweet wood, wormwood mm-hmm. is not a type of plant that's going to be destroyed and, you know, like what what's happened with like maca root, for instance, mm. which is being, you know, eliminated. And, right. You know, I know that the Bayer aspirin thing, I believe that one also caused problems when they originally started harvesting trees in South America for it. Right. Yeah. You know, I hope that I don't know enough about sweet wormwood to know if it's one of those weedy plants like many of the other wormwoods that grows in abundance everywhere and therefore is mm-hmm. not going to be endangered at all. Or the, <laughs> but, yeah, or, the Pacific yew, for right, example. Was, exactly. It was considered a weed tree and then they started recognizing, oh, this can, can mm-hmm. stop a form of cancer. Right. So it then they got endangered. Greedy. And then yeah. they said, no, this is the, we can synthesize this. So we're saving it by synthesizing it right. artificially. But when it comes down to it, I think we just have to save all of those plants. Right. We'll have to figure out how to recognize the diversity that we have around us and mm-hmm. just keep our our brains open and assume that just because we don't know it now doesn't mean it can't be known. Mm-hmm. No, we, we don't know the tools that we have available to well, us. That's part of why I love the ancient texts, not mm-hmm. just the Chinese ones. I mean, there are a lot of really good, yes. you know, several hundred year old texts for Western and, and other, yeah, yes. for other cultures. And I love looking at what they did because what they did worked. Mm-hmm. And if it worked for them back then, and I try and it works for me now, I don't personally really care what constituent works so long as it's working. Mm-hmm. But I'm on a small scale. I mean, right, you know. Right. Yeah. And hopefully so, you're not treating yeah. malaria in your kitchen. Well, I'm surprisingly, we surprisingly <laughs> in my area, malaria is one of the lower priorities. I yeah. think flus and colds are going to hit a lot more people than yes. malaria will here. Well, let's hope so. <laughs> so. Yeah, for sure. Herbalism 101. This is part of the show where Sue and Candace answer a listener question or teach you about an herbal definition or term covering basic to advanced herbal knowledge. If you would like the dirt on herbs, herbalism, or anything else related, you can send your question using our simple contact form at realherbalismradio.com slash herbalism101. If we choose your question for the show, we will send you a free PDF ebook, Natural Nutrition by the Practical Herbalist, currently available for $4.99 at the Practical Herbalist store. Here's Candace and Sue to discuss this show's Herbalism 101 topic. Today's question comes from Sherry. Sherry's question is this. Can patients use a naturopath as their family doctor? That is an excellent question. Yes, and happily, the answer is yes, yes, yes. Yes. We strongly suggest it. Now, there are some caveats on that. Yeah, like your insurance company. Exactly. That's a challenge right yes. there. Some of the insurance companies are really good about um, covering naturopathic physicians as well as naturopathic NPs, um, right. which is... Uh, um, that's a nurse practitioner right. and that's, that's what I use personally, but some of them like state insurance, there's only one naturopathic physician in the United States that I know of that gets paid by the state. And right. that's Dr. Bill Walters, who is here in Eugene and he works for Lane County public health. And he's done right. a lot of work with uh, HIV Alliance and he's a perfect suit for that job but he is the first and only thus far. He's a really great activist uh, on behalf of naturopathic medicine and naturopaths can prescribe 
and they do prescribe and they go through a regular education that uh, most MDs go through, but they have the additional information about nutrition mm-hmm. and herbal and alternative therapies. So they're using it in conjunction uh, with the the herbal therapies. And what some people don't understand is with MDs, some of them uh, don't feel comfortable with some of the prescriptions that they are sending out, but that's what you know, that's what their, their little clinic, prescription pad says or their pen or their clinic protocol right. or their, you know, for instance, some people yeah. uh, do not like the flu shot. Right. Yeah. But they're like, okay, well, this is what we're doing. So we're giving out the flu shot. And it is the same thing for some of the naturopaths. Some naturopaths are uncomfortable with acupuncture. They don't understand it. And yet a naturopath will say, okay, I would suggest that you go to an acupuncturist because you come from the culture that honors that. And it's something that you feel comfortable with. Therefore, I'm going to make that suggestion for you. Right. So it's again, here's patient centered care. Right. This is another reason why I think uh, health insurance companies are not a good middleman for us. Right. Because they're making the decision, not the patient making the decision. And with naturopaths, when you come in, you're having a long conversation with this doctor. Right. It's right. not the, the 10 to 15 minute. Yeah. The people visit. I've known who have gone to naturopaths for everything from things that look like they could be serious illness to, oh, I'm not feeling quite as energetic as I should be, but I don't really know what's wrong. They get care that actually works. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Naturopaths are more expensive if you don't have an insurance company paying for it. Right. But on the other hand, I would point out that. The IRS in America, at least, does recognize that you can deduct for um, medical expenses. Mm-hmm. Naturopaths are on that list. Great. So you can deduct your expenses for going to the naturopath. So although it's not immediate, you do have to cough up the cash for the visit. At the end of the year, at least it deducts from the tax burden that you're going to pay. Yeah. So that's one way, if you've got the cash to be able to do that, that would be a way that you can yeah. use a naturopath. And if you're using it for a family physician... I mean, a naturopath, again, they're spending a lot more time. So they're right. talking to the kid. They're talking to the parents. They're getting an idea of what the It's a little like old-fashioned medicine where exactly. they actually paid attention to the patients. Yeah, and naturopaths yeah. will do more testing mm-hmm. generally. Like yeah. they will say, well, I'm concerned about your magnesium levels or just as a random example. Right. So I'd like, you, I'd like to get tested for that. Yeah. So, but yeah. again, that's that nutritional background. Right. And yet they're also more likely to recommend rather than just say, okay, you should take this supplement. They'll say, can I, can we talk about your diet? Yeah. When's the last yeah, time a regular sense. doctor has talked to you about your diet? Oh dear God. Oh dear God. No. <laughs> far, far between. No, like, yeah. you know, 10 or 15 so years. So I strongly <laughs> suggest for families that kind of holistic, giving yeah. kids the information about how their bodies work oh, is so important for making is. a healthy adult. It is. And, and for making, helping people to take responsibility and feel empowered right. to take responsibility for their own health care. Yeah. So. Yeah. So we say thumbs up for naturopaths. Yes. Thank you for listening to Real Herbalism Radio. Your hosts have been Candace Hunter and Sue Sierra Lupe. To find more information and recipes from today's show or to leave a comment or suggestion, visit us online at realherbalismradio.com. If you're feeling social, you can also find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash thepracticalherbalist. Don't forget to look up our ebooks and herbal folios at amazon.com. Use the search terms Practical Herbalist. This show has been sponsored by Mountain Rose Herbs, purveyors of high-quality organic bulk herbs, gourmet spices, loose-leaf teas, essential oils, herbal extracts, and natural body care ingredients. You can visit them at mountainroseherbs.com. 
you'd like to sponsor Real Herbalism Radio, just contact us through our website at realherbalismradio.com slash contact. Until next time, this is Patrick with Real Herbalism Radio and The Practical Herbalist.